You're listening to the Stellar Life Project podcast, the podcast for modern leaders who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. I'm a master teacher and coach, and I'm obsessed with helping you avoid burnout, create a sustainable lifestyle, and still enjoy optimal success on your terms in your career or business. You'll hear inspiring stories of possibility from my guests, and you'll get empowering strategies from me to support you in creating and living your own stellar life. Hello, and welcome back to the Stellar Life Project podcast. Today's guest is a very, very dear friend of mine, and we have watched each other grow and transform in our personal and professional lives. And it's my pleasure to bring her to you today. This conversation blew my mind, even though I have the privilege and honor of having conversations like this with her all the time when we go for walks. And I learned things about her today and her new venture that I didn't know yet. And there are mic drop moments as we talk about the sacred quality of work and bringing the sacred into our work and into our organizations and how that can have a greater impact on the world without excluding profitability and productivity. And I am just so thrilled for you to meet my good friend, Hillary Sampson. Hello, and welcome back to the Stellar Life Project podcast. Today's guest is a very dear friend of mine, and I am really excited to introduce you to her because she is a wealth of wisdom and insight and experience, and she's recently transformed her business into something else, and we'll talk about that in the podcast, that just takes her work to a whole other level of meaning and purpose for her personally and for the people that she works with. She's an operations and business planning consultant, and she works with social ventures, including women-led and indigenous-led organizations to help them grow efficiently. After 20 plus years, she has expanded her work and launched Transforming Ventures, which focuses on operationalizing businesses so that they are in alignment with the soul and the sacred purpose of the organization. She works with clients to ensure that the values of the business, like kindness, courage, and sovereignty, are showing up in all of their processes and procedures and systems throughout the work and the workplace. And because I am an advocate for meaningful work, purposeful work that comes from your zone of genius and your soul center, whether you're an organization or an individual. I wanted to have my good friend, Hillary Sampson, on the show today to give you some inspiration about how you can bring more of this soul-centeredness into your business and your life. So Hillary, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because usually we don't have microphones when we're chatting and I always wish we did. Oh, thanks so much for having me on your wonderful show, Deb, and I'm looking forward to the conversation too. Okay. So, you know, everyone who's listened to the podcast knows that my favorite book, the reason I became a coach was because of Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. And so many things in there that changed the way I operate in the world. But one of them as a business owner was just almost a footnote that he says at the end of the book that 
the entrepreneur's journey is a spiritual journey. And I took that in and realized, oh, this is why there's work to do. When you decide to go into business, you're faced with your stuff, your fear of money, your fear of having it, your fear of losing it, fear of whatever, fear of showing up in the world, like all of this stuff. So that growth that's required for you to show up in a way that really allows you to have the impact and the success you want is very much a spiritual growth. And so this is why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about that. That's the work that you help organizations with. And, and though a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, I know they can learn so much from you in the work that you are doing. So before we dive into that, though, tell us how you came to do the work you're doing. Because obviously, when you were five years old, you didn't say to yourself, I'm going to be an ops consultant when I grow up. I did, so I did not say I was going to be an ops consultant when I grow up. So how does one end up being an ops consultant so then has the opportunity to transform businesses and lives the way you do? Yeah. So my, I definitely did not have a very linear journey. I'm not the kind of person who has like a 20-year plan and then activates it and implements it. I don't know who those people are. I'm not sure they really exist. Let, so Yeah. <laughs> and would we want to meet them if yeah. they do? And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was an athlete. I have a degree in English literature. When I was five years old, I was between a teacher and I was going to write the great Canadian novel. So after that, I, I had a period where I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then I landed in entrepreneurship myself. I started a magazine, a food and wine magazine, which those who know me might think that is uh, hilarious. My husband calls it bait and switch. <laughs> but I started this and I knew nothing about business, like literally nothing. And I was up at four in the morning doing projections. And I was like, what is this thing? And I was just fascinated by it. And I decided to go do my MBA at the University of Victoria. And uh, as I like to say, it was so valuable to me because as we were learning everything, I got to say, oh, I did that wrong. And I did that wrong. Oh, yeah, that's why that didn't work. And and it, so it really, you know, drilled it in because I'd had that entrepreneurial experience. Then I got my first corporate job. And somewhere along there, I realized, oh, my brain works differently than many other people. I see the world in systems. You don't know anyone else's brain, so I didn't know. And like, I'll sit down in a restaurant and I can see the flow of the work and why they're doing things and the process and how they must have been trained. That's just how my brain works. Mm -hmm. And so it, luckily in that corporate um, job, I was able to move more into an operations role. And I definitely fit there a lot better than in the original communications marketing role that I started as. One thing led to another and I decided to become a consultant and that's where I focused in on. Um, the other thing I will say though about that, about being a consultant is usually systems brains are very attracted to like large corporations and big processes. And I always knew I wanted to work with what are called social ventures, people trying to do some good in the world. And in particular, women-led organizations and then Indigenous-led organizations were what really attracted me. So I could put my skills towards businesses that are doing a little bit of good in the world, too. What you said about realizing that your brain worked differently than other people's, I think this is such a key to recognizing what our zone of genius is. Because, again, from the big leap, that was that question. And Hillary knew me when I was a realtor. And I remember having a conversation, you know, we've had many conversations in that process about this isn't working for me. And because I don't feel like I'm using my gifts. And, and then that book 
he asked, how much time are you spending in your zone of genius? I'm like, I don't have one. Oh no. And then it's like, oh, I actually make connections in ways that other people don't do. And I mean, I love systems too. So I geek out over them with you and that ability to make those connections. And the thing is with our zone of genius, we tend to think everybody does this and it's so normal for us. We don't realize what a gift it is. And so to recognize that's what you do and that's how your brain does it and go, maybe other people don't do this. And that's why they're so annoying to me. Uh, right? <laughs> or, or why I am annoying to them. Why you're annoying to them. <laughs> um, but there's so much value in that because then you can follow that like you did. There's, oh, well, this is interesting to me. Okay, well, and I'm going to go this way. And when we start following that path of what interests us and how we know our brains work, that's how we find our zone of genius. So people, if you're listening, and you haven't found it yet. Here's a clue of how to find that place. And then from there, you can take your zone of genius and how your brain works and put it together with the place you want to make an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I really noticed certainly, and we know we'll get to it, this shift. I was not using the gifts that I had in their fullest expression. And once I started using them or more in their fullest expression, Oh, man, the difference between how I showed up in the work and how the work showed up in the world was absolutely startling. And so, you know, it's for me a many, many year process getting there and maybe it'll shift again or expand again. And I'll look forward to that. Well, and that's part of what it is to just be alive, right? Is that we're always expanding and growing into things that we didn't expect. I mean, seriously, like seven years ago, would we have thought that we'd be sitting here having this conversation? right? On a podcast no. <laughs> that I was hosting because that was part of my business, right? So it's amazing how we just follow that path, follow it, let the gifts expand as they will. And always check in. I think that's an important reminder to be checking in. Are really, were we using them to their full expression? Because we know when we're not. Like, tell us how you knew. Like, what were the signs for you that it wasn't the full expression? Well, I think I kind of need to tell the story of how I shifted my work to sort of get there. Is that okay. work for yeah, you? Yeah. Okay. So going along merrily as a ops and business planning consultant. And I had, you know, as people with these shifts, it's you hit a dark night of the soul. That's often what causes the shift. And for me, it was this series of relationships that just were, you know, toxic and painful for everyone involved. So when that happens to you once, you can kind of pretend like it's just circumstance. By the third time, I was like, huh, yeah, this is me. I'm the common denominator here. And I just hit a point where I was like, okay, I will do anything to not have this in my life anymore. And I knew it had to be me that made the change. And the other thing I noticed is the things that typically drive you to your knees, so health or relationships or children, all those things were absolutely fine in my life. They were good. It was through work, just through work. And that was a key for me to realize like, oh, this is important. These two things, saying yes to what became what I was being guided to do to not have this in my life anymore was follow a more committed spiritual path, a different spiritual path and work. And that was my first clue that somehow these two things are going to be connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it always starts with us. 
And it takes a lot of courage to say, oh, this keeps happening and not say, this keeps happening to me and recognize it's happening for me. Okay, I'm going to pay attention. And it's, I think the most courageous thing to say is like, it's me. How can I make the change? Because it's always our choice. Yeah, it's courageous. And it's like very powerful because now I have the authority to make that change. And I think people, when they shy away from taking responsibility for things, they're missing out on that opportunity to take back Maybe this is something perhaps we'll talk about later, but a word I use is sovereignty. So really take back your sovereignty over this situation, over your work, over your life. Well, let's talk about that now. We're here. So yeah, right? great. Sovereignty. So take back your sovereignty over your life, your business, the circumstances. Tell us more about that. Because, I mean, sovereignty sounds like it's a very regal word. It has to do with the sovereign, right? The ruler of the kingdom, the land, the state, whatever. And if we're taking back our personal sovereignty, how do we know? Mm. So, and I did use that phrase, take back. What's actually going on is you are always sovereign. You are always the ruler, the queen of your queendom, the king of your kingdom. You always have power. What you do is you abdicate it, you give it away for a certain amount of time, and you can always reclaim it. But it never goes away. That's just how the world works. Yes. And I think that's an important thing to remember that, and this is the work that I do, right? I mean, and you and I, you're, you're doing it at an organizational level. I do it at more of an individual level for the most part, or sometimes in small groups. But the empowering yourself by getting the language and the experience and the skill set and dealing with the mindset, whatever it is, to take back that power, right? We talk about that. We throw around in the entrepreneurial circles, we throw around this word to empower. I empower people to do this and that. And, and I think we don't stop to say, what does that exactly mean? So I really love the shift you've given it. Just like there's that reframe with the word sovereignty because empower sounds like it's coming from outside. Yeah, not only is it not coming from the outside, but I believe it's it's our sacred birthright. And and the reason why it gets a little crunchy when someone says they're empowering people or somehow bestowing on people this authority, it's just not how it works. What you can do is you can say, my sovereign self in my fullest honors mm. your sovereign self mm. in your fullest. And I can't wait to see what we co-create together. Yes. And that doesn't have anything to do with hierarchies. That can be the CEO talking to, you know, the junior programmer. And, and we're all in, on exactly the same journey with exactly the same sovereignty and, and authority of our own worlds. Yes. I like to say to my clients and the work I do in the world is to help people remember how powerful they are. Remember such a great word. Right? One of like, my favorites. I want you to remember, remember how powerful you are. I have somebody to help me remember how powerful I am. It's really hard for us to do it for ourselves. So having somebody who can do that for you is, I think, especially if you're in the entrepreneurial space, it's essential because you're, do, you're on that spiritual path and you're going to come up against challenges to your values, to choices to make, your own limiting beliefs and your own limitations and, and the stories you make up about the world and the misunderstandings you have. So to have someone who can remind you how powerful you are is so, so important. And you're doing that at an organizational level of reminding, it's like teaching them, the everyone, 
that the CEO and the junior person are each sovereign and they can remind each other and connect. So tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. So kind of a little bit what you were saying right at the beginning. I believe work is sacred. So that's the overarching message that I have been given to speak. And I'm going to circle back to something you just said about being reminded, because like, as I'm talking here, I don't want to give the impression that I don't also forget to do this a million times a day. Like, I'm lucky if I hit on it, right? Like, it is a practice. It is a process. It is a coming back and a coming back. So I just didn't want to sound like yeah. a guru here. <laughs> yeah. That is so not what's going on. Right. Yeah, we're all just in it. We're, just, we're in the mess of it all, all day, every day. being worked. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, I do... Um, Uh, So my new work with Transforming Ventures or the way that it's expressing itself is really an expansion of of what I'm good at. So that's why it's so fun because I still get to use all the conventional wisdom that I have built up over 20 plus years and expand that. So businesses are really starting to embrace that they have values. That's that's very common now, right? Your vision, your values. Yeah, and it can end up being really like a trite poster on the wall that's not really reflecting reality. Yeah, lipstick yeah. on a pig. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sticky note. <laughs> and they're also starting to understand that a purpose is important. Mm-hmm. So then there's, and of course there are some, like you say, there are some organizations that are just doing, like the intention behind it isn't clean or or good. Those aren't the companies I work with. The companies I work with are the ones who understand that these are values, maybe even have an inkling that these values are sacred and that it is part of a purpose that this business is here to do. And I'll just insert here, when I said it's the purpose of the business, I believe that a business has its own entity and its own soul resonance. So even solopreneurs, and this is one of the most important thing that solopreneurs can recognize, is their business exists outside of them. And it has its own sacred purpose in the world. And it's the entrepreneur's job to do their best to align with that purpose, align their personal purpose with the purpose of their business. You are not your business. <laughs> so, And that was my struggle in real estate because I wasn't aligned with it. I could do it really well, but there was that disconnect. And I achieved a really high level of financial success. And we had that conversation I'm like, I don't feel successful. And it came down to that I wasn't aligned with the soul of that business. And it's not to say that it was like, there are other people who are aligned and they're doing it and they're doing, there's some really wonderful, wonderful realtors that I know. Some of them are my clients who are in alignment with the work they're doing. It is their soul work. I'm not, and, and I want to say that because realtors take so much flack that they're all interested in it for the money. And it's not, there's so many, any business that's the case. I mean, any, in any field, any business, anywhere, the research shows are like 5% deviant and they get all the attention that makes everybody look bad. So I just want to give a little plug for the realtors that there are many who are solo aligned, even though I say for me, I wasn't, doesn't, I'm not taking away from the profession itself. When you say the word sacred, mm-hmm. that I think can be a tricky word for some people. I agree with you entirely because you know one of the things that that I am about is making sure people are doing meaningful work. They're doing, they're living in and from their zone of genius because they can make the biggest impact from that place. And yet we can get a little bit uncomfortable with the word sacred. Yeah. And especially in a work context, right? Like because 
it's very associated with organized religion. So many of us in this world have um, been, the framework that we know is organized religion. And the way organized religion developed, and not exclusively, but often very much patriarchal and Control-based. Yeah, and not, and you know, it's, it was about power. It wasn't about necessarily compassion and kindness and connection with source. So because of the way religion developed, we had to do this church and state thing. We had to, like, separate. What happened is that that's just not how it works. You just can't take your soul and put it on a shelf at 8 a.m. and then work and then take it off and and try to integrate. Well, people do. And this is why we have a mental health crisis and we have like... The this, Great you know, Resignation. What, yeah, the what great do you resignation? think the Great yeah. Resignation is about? And, and, you know, people have been resigning from their jobs forever. Um, they just call it, you know, it's just like low productivity. They're, they're showing up at their desk, they're, but they've resigned years ago. Now they're just actually leaving the building. But it's all from this misalignment with soul and purpose and ignoring that you are a sacred being like and so so sacred so coarse as you can probably tell believe in like a source i often use i've reclaimed for myself the word god and goddess but it can also show up for people like your highest self or your best self so one one way that i kind of introduce this to people that are not sure how to, like, they don't know how to come to it or what's the in. And I say, have you ever had the thought, oh, I wasn't at my best today? Mm. And most people have had that thought. And I'm like, great. That means there's a part of you that knows that there's a best you. Mm. And then there's love that. Yeah, there's a best you. Okay, tell me about the best you. If you know, if you can recognize the not best you, tell me about the best you. And then there's also your highest you. So that's the one that can transcend the stories and the chatter. And, you know, that's your highest self. You're like, you stripped away to your essence. And then, you know, when and if you're ready, there's also a sacred self. And this is the highest self connected to this incredibly powerful, loving, only benevolent source of energy. And that's sacred. So people, these are the kind of conversations that Hillary and I have when we walk on the seawall. This is why you <laughs> wanted her in the studio with us today. Oh, yes. The, the best self, the highest self, the sacred self, and then source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are the. It's almost like that. That's the the graduation of of this development. Yeah, it's like you know the 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 as as you become comfortable with it, as you want to explore more. Um, but all of it's good. All mm-hmm. of it's good. Yeah. So I want to ask a question that I might have missed something, but I think if our audience heard it the way I did, they might have been going, what? Because you said we don't want to confuse ourselves with our business. And yet we're also saying that our work is sacred. So it actually seems like it is then bringing it back together. Yeah, great. Okay. So we are all connected. We're all connected. So whether you believe in religion, whether you believe in spirituality in general, or whether you believe in quantum physics, it's kind of getting literally impossible (laughs) To have this thought that anything I do, don't anything I do, everything I do affects you. Yeah, the butterfly effect, right? That's quantum physics, right? Right. Yeah. But I love it because for me, all it is is like a physical manifestation of what we've known 
for however many thousands and thousands of years that we're actually all one. And we're here in this time-space reality. And this is my little slice of the pie, right? Mm -hmm. This is my little slice of the pie. It doesn't mean not we're on one big pie, but this is just where I'm landing. Yeah, it's important to recognize where we're landing in that I've got some lessons that I'm supposed to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call my purpose, my, my work here, Hillary's work in the world. So then they, I have this business, and whether it's in a corporation of 100,000 people or whether it's literally my business, me and my business, it has a sacred purpose here in the world. It's like the natural intelligence of nature, you know, like how we make a baby. One of my spiritual leaders, she talks about how you make a baby without a to-do list. Like it just unfolds, <laughs> it just unfolds, right? Yeah. Your business has a path it wants to unfold, yes. which is benevolent and loving and for the highest good of everyone. The person who owns that or the people or the stakeholders who own that business or organization. It's not it doesn't have to be a for-profit entity. And then that's when I talk about alignment. So is my work in the world, is it aligned? And we're not going for perfection here. It's, you know, at this point, am I working towards being aligned, my work with the work of the business? Mm-hmm. And um, when it's not aligned, that's when you get your challenges. You might start to feel burnt out people, if you're a large organization, your staff starts to leave or there's trouble, that kind of thing. So so this is really important in culture too, right? So it's a big... It's so important in culture and it's showing up more and more in culture. And that's not my work in the world. So it's a perfect yeah. opportunity to kind of differentiate that because I love people who are doing this work at the cultural level, at the human resource level. It's what I do with leaders, right? And when I'm working with leaders. There's and, some great yeah. leadership work and coaching mm-hmm. and coaching, mm-hmm. whether you're doing life coaching or career coaching, all of that is starting to kind of show up in this way more and mm-hmm. more. And I love it. That's not the reason I'm here. So what I do is I still believe that the systems and the processes and the procedures of your business, it's the architecture. Yep. And so when I had Samson Consulting, I, I would optimize and operationalize those businesses for efficiency and flow and profitability. And I can still do that. And I can look at those systems and now I can operationalize them for the values that you want to carry on throughout every process of your business. Mm-hmm. Kindness, courage, sovereignty, personal responsibility, touching on that sovereignty piece, that can show up in your project management system. That can show up in your onboarding system. That can show up in your policies and procedures for how we communicate with each other. So that's the work that I do. And I imagine as you said that, it would also be, because then the profitability and the the social responsibility is an, it flows from that place that when we're in profit, when we're profitable in business, then we can make an impact beyond the business, right? It's not just about the business being profitable because when we can I hire people or donate money or whatever it is and contribute to a cause. So I imagine that when you're creating those systems, it's not just about that. It has this larger impact. It ripples out. 
Totally. And yeah, and, and like I have a phrase on my website that says, what if profitability was an indicator of alignment? Mm. So I don't, I want our businesses to be wildly profitable. Yes. I want especially women-led, indigenous-led, you know, people of color, people, you know, uh, who have been marginalized. I want their businesses to be crazy, crazy successful and profitable. Yeah. And so often we confuse if we're, oh, we're making it sacred and this is my sacred work in the world. And that means that that it's mutually exclusive with profitability. So thank you for pointing that out. It's not. Yeah. And that's the tools I've been given, the, you know, to for the clay that I'm working with, because there's all kinds of really powerful tools that come from our, you know, capitalistic system. Um like hierarchy, this is the example I so often use. Hierarchy is just a super efficient decision-making tool, but people are using it to assign value to people. It's like like a hammer. Yes. You can hammer in a nail with a hammer, or you can kill someone with a hammer. It's it's just a tool, and it's how you're using it that matters. So so let's you know let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I I talk about wanting to shift capitalism, and and sometimes I, I borrow a phrase um, from someone. Um, uh, Megan Watterson, who I've read a lot about, uh, she works in the Divine Feminine, she, and she calls it the Christianity we haven't tried yet. And I was like, oh, that's what I want, the capitalism we haven't tried yet. Oh, I love that because it allows for what you're saying, sacred and meaningful and profitable. Because mm-hmm. I see that too often with solopreneurs that they're like, well, this is my this is my calling, this is my life's work, this is my purpose, so I don't need to make money. Bullshit. When you make money, you can impact other people by hiring them, again, by donating to causes. Like, And someone's going to make money. Yeah. Might as well be you. <laughs> it might as well be the good people mm-hmm. in the world. So yeah, it's absolutely true. Like another way that I explain this that kind of, you know, moves people along that path a little bit mm. is I'm like, your business speaks in numbers. It's the language of business or one yes. of the language of businesses. So, you know, get to know your numbers. They're telling you a story. Mm-hmm. Usually when I work with companies, the first thing I do is I work on their projections. We go line by mm-hmm. line over each of their projections and their profit and loss statement. And I'm like, where is this going? Why is this showing up like this? It's like cracks open a little window to the soul of the business for me. Mm-hmm. I can talk to the soul of the business and like connect in with its purpose and alignment mm-hmm. and see where, you know, then all of the kind of like these conventional problems that you're having, yes. where are they caused by that misalignment? I love what you said when your business talks in numbers and I do something similar with the entrepreneurs, right? The solopreneurs at that level is like, what is your business making? What are you spending it on? How much is it costing you just to wake up and be a business owner? And it's astonishing how few people actually have looked at that before they come to me. I mean, that's why they've come to me, right? Mm-hmm. But there's the other side of that too, is that your business talks in numbers and it tells the story of its future in numbers. 100%. Right? That's and why you I do can projections. Shape, yeah. You can help <laughs> shape that story with the projections. Like, what do you want that future story to be? Yeah. So good. Totally. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's a big part of the work I do. And then what I'm moving into, like my transforming ventures fullest expression is actually working at an even deeper level, like what I call the thought system or the thought architecture. So what's really below the waterline, those beliefs and ideas that are driving everything in the business and really using what we know, you know, coming back to your word, remembering, using 
the immutable truths of nature, using the sacred wisdom that we have had with us for 10,000 years. Let's look at what the thought systems are and then use these powerful, powerful sacred teachings to shift that thought system. And when you do it at that deepest level, all the other things can come forward with so much more flow and authenticity, whether it's profitability, whether the right people are showing up, whether right. the right people are sacredly exiting your company. Right. And, and the culture that's growing from that system, because I think they have to happen. When you're building a culture, you have to build the systems that support it. It's got to be the foundations for it. Right? Totally. And yeah. it's like, I love systems too. I think they're so important. And and as you were talking, it's almost like you called it the architecture, but I had this image come to my mind because, you know, I think an image is sometimes of a sling or a hammock, actually, a hammock mm. holding things up, right? That there's a flexibility to that, yet it can hold a lot. Mm, so, that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that if we think of systems that way, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners skip over the systems part because they think, well, that's boring. Let's get to the good part. And it's so key and foundational. I love it when I get people coming to me from the like beginning so that, and I, I know you do too, that's your work. It's like, let's do this at the beginning. Because I saw actually, it was on a chalkboard outside of a shop recently. It's much easier to raise a healthy child than fix a broken adult. And I think it's the same with our businesses. It's much easier to start with the systems and get them in place to support the sacred vision, the sacred purpose of what it is you're trying to create for your life and for your impact in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really that's really great. And then those systems are all going to change as your business grows, if your business grows. And growth is not a requirement of business, much to everybody's misconception, right? You don't have to grow if you're comfortable where your business is. But as your business asks to grow, and it will for many people, you're going to need new systems. So it's really that just mm. intention, you know, the beliefs behind any of the particular system, like your project management might be like a piece of paper and a pen on your desk and then graduate to a spreadsheet and then graduate to some, you know, crazy, huge ERP system, right? So what is an ERP? Oh, <laughs> like an enterprise level, huge system. Okay. Of, and that's uh, something you management. do, right? In your work? Yeah, I was doing more of that. Now I'm really fascinated. I'm more fascinated with like these thought systems and, and like, let's expose them. So yeah, I'm working at kind of both levels. Really? Because, and you've made that distinction that's not about culture and yet it's, it's walking that really close partnership with it influences the culture. And I'm not saying it's not about culture. Yeah. You, it's not your work. work. is not, not the your culture work. part. Yeah. yeah so you it's got to be, you've got to do have it together. a yeah. team and partners on this. There's a book by Charles Duhigg, I think. Yes, it is Charles Duhigg, Power of Habit. And he talks about institutional habit and how our institutional habits can fossilize and it's almost impossible to change them. Again, back to that quote about the healthy child versus a broken adult, right? Once we fossilize these habits, it becomes almost impossible to change them. And then you get the great attrition and people are leaving and you can't keep staff and you you have just a, people aren't happy and, and business isn't profitable and all of that. So I see what you're saying being so vital to 
having a flexibility because you said it has to change, right? Because we can f- we can prevent them from fossilizing in a negative way. And when they have fossilized, because of course they have, and and you know, with with the best intentions, people are just following, you know, like what they think capitalism is telling them to do because that's what's been drilled into them. If you want to yes. be a successful business, a successful person, then these are the ways that you are supposed to run your business, yes. right? Like the you uh, hustle whole, and work hard and and like, you know, the whole crazy thing around like your only CEO's only responsibility is to the shareholders, like crazy thoughts like that. Mm-hmm. And and you know, uh and and they're just doing what they know, what they're taught in biz school and mm-hmm. and and they've baked that in to their systems and their processes. So that's why I think it's important when I work with a client, first of all, I have to know that they want to change, that it's like not like you say, it's not just because they don't want a bad PR story, so they're going to pretend to change. They actually have to want more kindness in mm-hmm. their company. They want to lead with compassion. And then that's when we can use these incredible tools. Like, for example, rest is sacred, right? You know, we have so much burnout and rest is sacred. And, and we have this example of the seasons. So what is more in the seasonality of agriculture? Like what's more ancient than that? It's it's planting, it's tending, it's harvesting, and then it's lying fallow. Your project management system can have those phases. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, like a solopreneur, because I want to make those connections too, yeah. you can have those phases. You can track your energy cycle what do you need? And we've talked about this. I track the moon cycle. And I I know that I happen to be a person who has more energy at the new moon. And I'm kind of sleepy around the full moon. I get way more done around the new moon. Whereas I, some of my clients are the opposite. So track what your energy is and allow yourself to have those seasons. No, I have a friend who is also a coach, super productive in the summer, but in the fall, she doesn't want to do anything. Right. And so it's just like, we're not all the same. And so you've got to really listen to yourself. And like you said, listen to the soul of your business as well. It's like, when does it need? Totally. Oh, and I, this is a, somewhat related, slightly non sequitur, but something I've been trying to tell, especially solopreneurs, because I know that's often who's listening to your podcast. Your business is never asking you to burn out. Mm-hmm. It is never, your business is not asking that of you. So if you are feeling like you are just stretched in every direction, that's an internal journey. Yes. That, that is not your business asking that's that of you. That's a society expectation. That's a something else that is not your business. Okay, can we just like, can I have a mic that I can drop, please? Like, let her, <laughs> let her drop a mic after that one. We're done. So it's never your business. It's always something inside of you. And I think so many business owners whether they're solopreneurs or coming in with a few employees, they come at it with that perspective that I just got to, I've got to get through this and work really hard. And then someday I'm going to be able to slow down and rest. That is the plan for burnout, right? Because your business doesn't require that from you. You do not need to be killing yourself. I mean, you and I are examples. We've created that. We were really trying to live this. And sometimes we forget, like you said, I can overpack my schedule. I can try to take on too much. It's a, it's a habit of mine and I'm better at it, but I still slip sometimes. And so, and it's never my business requiring that of me. It's always coming from me trying to hustle for approval. Yeah. 
Exactly. Right. So like, where is that coming from? Yeah. And Who am I trying to prove the, myself That's, to? you know, the spiritual journey that you were talking about at the beginning yes. is, is um, like, what is the lesson that I'm being asked to learn in this moment? Yes. It's not that I'm a victim and it's not that life is unfair. And it, those are not the lessons you're being asked to those learn. Those are never the lessons. And it's always about you. And there's always like amazingness at the other side. Like, it's so worth it. One of my, my dear coaches said to me, would always say to me, this is always happening for you. It's always happening for your highest good. And I think that's a, an important point to remember, right? That, yeah, I love that. It's, it's not that you're a victim. It's not that it's bad. It's like, it's happening for you. And how can you make the decision to come through this better than when you started? Yeah. Yeah. And better, more peace. Like, mm. like you can actually have peace and joy and love in your business, in your work. And I believe that for small businesses, I believe that for, you know, huge, huge businesses. And it's there are there. some mm -hmm. who are doing it. Yeah. Right. I've seen it. I, I got to tour Zappos. I've brought, I've mentioned Zappos before because I had the experience of touring their facility in, in Vegas and it's amazing what they're doing. There's, they're, everyone's having so much fun there. And they have real loyalty in their staff and they, because they have a training process and an onboarding process that is just like really, really dialed in. And so it's a great case study. Can you think of other organizations that we could look to or who think that they're, they're really doing it that are great case studies? The one that was really interesting for me was LinkedIn, you know, obviously huge, huge company. They had a director of mindfulness and compassion. Now, they Ooh, all the solopreneurs listening, you should appoint a director of mindfulness and compassion right this minute. Who's it gonna be? Oh, your solopreneur, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Put get another hat on. Um yeah, so that, I thought that was really interesting. Now, they hadn't gone as far as I would like to take it because they they really did, you know, actively kind of just slip out anything to do with spirituality or anything to because they wanted it to be as accessible as possible. And, like, great. What a great, massive, huge step forward. I'd love us to see it taken even further. And that's, you know, that's the journey. Yeah. Oh, so good. I have loved this conversation as Me I do. always love having conversations with you. And there's just so much here for the audience. And um, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We're not quite done yet. I've got some rapid fire questions and then we're okay. going to let you tell us where people can get in touch with you, how they can hire you. And okay. All so right. here's my rapid fire questions. Oh, you didn't spy on the other episodes or because you know my main questions all the time. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, uh, Star Trek. See, I knew it. Of course. Finally. It's a journey. Like it's like right? yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not that Star Wars is bad. It's just that Star Trek is better. So I'm not supposed to show my bias, but I did. I'm a I'm a Trekkie, though I haven't watched it for years. But you know, it's a thing. Next generation, right? With Picard. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you and I are of the same generation. Yeah. So. Favorite place to visit. I'm just going to say Europe in general. Like my husband's Austrian, so mm. we have spent a lot of time in Europe, and I love, like, new, discovering new places. Mm, nice. Yeah. Your zodiac sign. I am a Taurus Aries cusp. <gasps> I've been told I'm Taurus, and I, I am a Taurus, but I have uh, some Aries in me, Lightness, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. The scariest thing you ever did? 
Um, definitely what I'm doing right now, uh, it terrifies the shit out of me. Like, because <laughs> I support my family being a very conventional operations and business planning coach. So to, mm. you know, put my stake in the ground and say, no, my work is sacred and yes. I'm standing up for that your work is sacred mm. is, has been a journey for me. It's been big. Yeah. I so appreciate you sharing that because people listening might go, oh, well, she's got it all dialed in. It's so easy for her. Oh, she's no. in our genius. And I think it's important <laughs> to remember that even when we're in our genius, we have those days where we're like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And am I doing it right? And mm -hmm. the judgments and it's, it's all there. It's yep. all there. And that's all supposed it's to be there. It's supposed to be there. It's normal. It's yeah. part of the spiritual journey. We would, we would not be here if we had that all figured out. Exactly. Your non-negotiable self-care ritual. You're the as as the what was the CEO of mindfulness and yeah and compassion and compassion. Yeah. Do you know what? Like it, there's things like walks in the woods and blah blah blah, which I do. Blah blah blah. That was dismissive. They're very important. <laughs> but do you know what the the most important thing? And and when I forget it, really does bite me. I was gifted by somebody. They told me how my energy works. So I have lion energy. So I like kill the antelope. And then I need to lie in the savanna for three days. And I've always had tons of judgment over the lying of savanna part, right? <laughs> yes. Because, you know, like, and it's just how I work. The rest like, part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I just, when my brain is on, I am on fire and I just get so much done and then I am done. So the self-care is always remembering that, that, oh, yeah. Now I'm lying on the savanna and digesting, and that can look like doing nothing, like really nothing <laughs> for a couple days. And I always remind people that that like we all have that judgment because we are in a culture where the hustle culture, like keep going, keep moving, keep going, keep moving, keep producing, keep producing, 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 right? And there they, are energizer bunnies. That's their energy. It's mm -hmm. just not mine. Yeah. So good. I love that one. I want to know, can can we find out who that person is? I want to know what my energy is. Oh, so, I, yeah, I can tell you who that okay. person is. Yeah, okay, he's cool. amazing, yeah. Um, the book you were most inspired by. So if I said to you, you get to take one book to add to the library on Mars, where we're going to colonize Mars. I just made that up. I don't know why. So when I uh, did my spiritual, you know, when I said yes to whatever showed up, what showed up was uh, the spiritual text, A Course in Miracles, it's called. And so that's definitely it. And then the second one is is currently being written. A dear, dear friend of mine, Lorianne Speed, is writing about the wisdom of Mary Magdalene, about mm. the wisdom of the divine feminine. So when that's published, that'll be the, uh, the, the okay. second book that comes so The along. one that you're going to like, uh, what's that word called? When you like, because I said one and you're like, you sneak it, sneak oh, another yeah. one on board, you stow away. That'll yeah. be the stowaway. That'll be the stowaway book. Absolutely. Okay. If you were a city, who would you be? If I was a city. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, the, what comes to mind is kind of like the, the flip side of the, where I want to visit. I, I think I'd be a city you haven't visited yet. I'm a city that is yet to be discovered. Oh, nice. That's the best answer. Right after Paris, of course, but. <laughs> right after Paris. Paris always wins. Something you haven't done yet that's on your dream list. Big or small, doesn't matter. Oh. Do you know, it's, because we're talking about visiting, I'm just going to stay on that track. That My brain's going to stay on that track. I've never been to the East Coast because I'm married to someone who's European. It mm. actually costs the same to fly to Europe as to fly to the East Coast, which is 
what choose you're up to. Sorry, and, well, sorry, East Coasters, but well, yeah. So you know, there's I think there's something to kind of be discovered there. Yeah, nice. The word Halifax, like the name Halifax, fascinates me. Mm. It's such a nice sound. Mm-hmm. And I hear it's nice people too. So I'm not I'm not anti East Coast. I'm just plus like, when I was a child, I was obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, so <laughs> I get you know, that. there's some visit in there. Too. Yeah, cool. If you called your life a project, so I've got the Stellar Life Project. So if you called your life a project, what would you call it? You know, transforming ventures, I know that's kind of not very creative at this exact moment, but honestly, I love it so much because it's sure. like, it's got the double entendre, right? Yeah. Like, like if I'm in my best work, I get to help tra- yes. ventures yeah. transform and they are transforming, you know, the world, yes. capitalism. So I, I kind of... I kind of love that. Yeah, I love it too. I love it for you. It's, yeah. it's so good. Transforming Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes, absolutely. I've watched that happen over the last years, mm. right? And so, yeah, it's been really neat. Success leaves clues. Mm. What's one clue you want to leave for our listeners? Probably that you are always being guided. So we have these things called emotions. They're not just to drive us crazy. They're actually all have a purpose. They're steering us towards, are we, you know, the, are we moving towards love or are we moving towards fear? We, we're always choosing that in everything we do in every moment that we're doing something. And you, you can know it in your body. So practicing that, right? Like, like practicing that, that guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tune into your body. Your body knows. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hillary, thank you so much for sharing this time and your energy with with me and with my audience and the work you're doing in the world. Thank you for that because you're making an impact that is so inspiring to me. And let us know how we can reach you. Where can they find you? How can they hire you? Sure. But before I get to that, I just want to say thank you for this conversation, for your friendship, for what you're doing in the world. Like the bravery and the courage I've seen in you on your journey has been incredibly inspirational. And I'm so, so glad I was able to witness it. Thank you, friend. Yeah, you bet. And I'm pretty easy, transformingventures.com. And I'm learning to be a little more on social as a, as a kind of ops person. Social media wasn't really my jam, but uh, I do have an account on at Transforming Ventures on Instagram. So happy to connect with any business people on LinkedIn, of course. Yeah. Yep. Hillary Sampson on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and Transforming Ventures for the website and Insta. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Again, thank you so much for being here. And we're going to sign off for now. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Love to all. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth. See you next week on the Stellar Life Project podcast.